very first episode of Balancing Business and Babies podcast. I am with Elspeth today. She is a virtual assistant and copywriter. And we're just going to jump straight into it. And I'm going to let Elspeth introduce herself and give you a little bit of a detail about her and what she does. And then we'll go into a little bit more about her life and her background. Nice to meet you, Elspeth. Thank you for coming on. Lovely to meet you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So, yeah, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, Elspeth, what it is you're doing and maybe a little bit about how you got started? Absolutely. I set up my business about two and a half years ago as a result of as I'm sure for many people, perhaps as a result of COVID and other factors. A few years back, I found myself a single parent. And so suddenly I had to make sure the work that I was doing was more adaptable than perhaps it had been before. And I wanted to just make sure that I was at home as much as I could be for my son. So prior to setting up as a VA and copywriter, I worked in education, so I was a teaching assistant and admin person at schools as well. And then my other kind of stream of life beforehand was as an events manager. So I worked in both corporate and charity sectors, arranging all sorts of events. And I realized basically all my skills and experiences and the knowledge I'd gained over the years would be really beneficial to small business owners. Um, So I set up initially while still working at a local high school. So I worked evenings, weekends, school holidays on my business and then took the big giant leap to being full-time self-employed and have not looked back once. I absolutely love it. Best decision. Definitely. I completely I could have made. Yes, I love it. So I get to work with a huge variety of clients and provide a huge variety of uh, services. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Brilliant. It's great. No, I think we've actually got, I think we've got similar background, the same sort of story. My my little boy was born in April 2020. So he was, he is a very kind of lockdown baby. (laughs) Massively lockdown baby. I was induced with him and I went in, I think a week before he was born. He was born on the 10th of April. I think we went into lockdown on the 29th of March in 2020. Yeah, he was around then. It may have just been a couple of days before. Yeah, I've got around the 28th, 29th, maybe in my head. And I remember being in the hospital and there were like people outside cheering and clapping and it was a very surreal experience. But I'm very similar to you in terms of wanting to get started as a a work from home. I used to be a dental nurse. Right, okay. I didn't look into healthcare after COVID. It just didn't sit well with me basically having a baby at home and I wanted something to work from home with and I think yeah absolutely yeah VA work was brilliant because I've got background in admin as well so it was very similar to you yeah. so how did you get started with copywriting is that something that you do for a lot of clients I realized that I was uh, writing copy <laughs> whilst I was an events manager uh, so I was having to write the welcome text the inv- invitation information newsletters, any of the written, any sort of the published material in relation to the events and any sort of communication that I would have with delegates or guests or anything like that. And it was all written. And I was actually, but I didn't realise it at the time. I didn't really realise that was copywriting as such. And then one of my very first jobs when I set up my business as a VA, I was asked to write a blog for an aesthetics uh, client. 
And I knew very little about aesthetics at that time. And there were a lot more now. But I found that with the research that I was doing and the time that I spent honing the blogs that I was writing, it dawned on me over time that actually this is the start of copywriting. I wouldn't have said I was a copywriter at that point, but that it has similarities. And um, it was about this time last year, I think it was, um, I started a course with a fantastic lady called Chantelle. Um, so should I tell about episode. copywriting maybe. yeah <laughs> and so that was a copywriting course and it was absolutely fantastic and as a result of that a huge part of my sort of day-to-day work now is writing customer blogs newsletters website content etc those are the kind of the key in terms of copywriting those are the sort of the key things that I offer um, and I absolutely again I keep saying I love it but I do I really enjoy researching finding out about topics that perhaps I'm not familiar with and then crafting that into sort of the obviously the brand voice for the particular client because we all as business owners we'll all have our own brand voice and what we want to get across what message we want to represent so yeah I absolutely love doing it and as I say it's only in hindsight that I can say actually I've been doing it quite a long time but it's definitely been honed over the last sort of 12 months. And yeah, it's great. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Obviously, I, I, when I do social media and things like that, we, we do it as a, yeah. you, you inadvertently do copies mm-hmm. when you're doing social media posts and things like that. You're inadvertently doing it. And like you say, I've written yep. blogs and things like that. I've got my own blog and yep. my own blog is weird. It's just like personal kind of rants that I go off on, but... Um, I wouldn't say specifically honed as a copywriting thing, but you do it for clients. And, and that's why I was yeah. interested to see whether you'd actually specialised in copywriting, because it's, I think, one of those things that we do as a side burner for clients, but you don't yeah. really say that yeah, you specialise in it. So, yeah, no, that's amazing. What do you, I, I'm a massive kind of techie person, so I have to ask, I love all of the AI stuff and everything, do you find that's impacting a lot on you with copywriting or do you think it's like with chat GPT and all of that sort of stuff? Do you think it's helping or do you use it or is it like, a, do you feel a bit, oh gosh, it's going to overtake my job at some point? Yeah, so I'm probably one of the few and far between sort of copywriters that actually really loves yeah. <laughs> like chat GPT and stuff. And I've been using it for quite a long time in terms of a sort of a, I say this really carefully in terms of a research tool, in terms of generating ideas, what I don't appreciate that people do, people that perhaps say they're copywriters or whatever, but just literally input something into chat GBT and then present yeah, that I, their own thing, yeah. because that's not right. Chat, it, like chat GPT has come on so much, but it's still really obvious when you're reading something and you're like, hang on, that's not quite the rocket emoji. Not quite. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so I use it as a generalized, if I'm writing a blog for a client, I will often start a blog, I'll lay out a blog, um, and I might just put some ideas into ChatGPT to see if it comes up with anything that I've not already explored and considered, and then I will incorporate that. So it would be a case of reading what ChatGPT has done and going, aha, that's a brilliant idea. And then, but then making sure that actually what I'm writing is relevant for the client and not just relevant for the client, but relevant for their ideal customer and therefore the people that are going to use it. So am I worried that ChatGPT will take over? I don't know. I'm not sure. I know people that have 
made books out of ChatGPT. They've got, as in, they've got ChatGPT to write them books and stuff like that. And I just think that's a bit of a, personally, I think that's a bit of a shame yeah. because we're not getting the real person behind the book. The authenticity. Yeah, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> but I, I enjoy playing with it. I think it's an interesting thing. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I know enough to say that, yes, it's absolutely going to ruin the world or it's going to be absolutely fine. I don't think it's going to take over a copywriter's role. No. I don't see that. But it's whether people start to present work that ChatGPT has done as their own. That's that's the, perhaps the problem, yeah. I would say. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think AI, is it's not going to go away a lot of uh, in no. In the 80s, if you go back to the 80s, when I was born, I was raised, I didn't have any, I think computers were just starting to come in. And yeah. um, I remember like my first mobile phone, it was, I loved it, but yep. it was crap. <laughs> and I remember it vividly, it had a, a green sort of backlit screen, it had rising wood in the yep. screen and you had to do your kind of manual typing in and I think that you had to pay per text message and all of this sort of stuff. And everyone yeah. said computers are gonna they they're bad, they're not gonna they're not gonna last and all of this sort of stuff. And look at where we are now. The you've not only got computers as a whole, you've got a little mobile phone that size that you put yeah. up to your ear and you've got an entire like encyclopedia of knowledge in your little finger and the amount of tech that we've got now is amazing. And I think we yeah. just need to get on board with it and like totally not going to go away i'm a huge believer that i think rather than being afraid of it we should just jump on it and just get to it yeah absolutely learn to work with it absolutely (laughs) so So after this there'll be something else that pops exactly so we need to i'm a firm believer as a va that you have to keep on top of obviously it's impossible to keep on top of everything but at least be aware of of what's going on out there in in the world of yeah and because you find things that actually are really beneficial to your clients as you're just researching and finding stuff out. So the more you keep on top of the game, the, the better you can support clients, et cetera. So, and in a, in a way, really, yeah. I think it probably, I suppose, enhance your job, actually. Because for you, yeah. I would imagine that if I was a client, because, as you said, there's so many people out there that are just copying and pasting ChatGPT and, and yeah. Google Bard and things like that because they don't really know how to prompt it very well or they don't know what they're doing. with. In a way, really, if I was a business owner, I'd think, actually, I think maybe I need a copywriter to come in and just kind of yeah. authenticate this a little bit. They can put hours in on this existing copy yeah. that we've got. We've got this kind of, we're worried that, it's going to sound too robotic, so we need someone like yep. you to come in and yep. put a flair in it and a human touch. So Absolutely. I think in a way. Absolutely. It was a human. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. And also just the thing to note is that stuff like ChatGPT isn't always accurate. So if you're relying on it for facts and figures, yeah. that is not the wisest thing to do. So having someone come in and actually check those out and, again, make it all sound a bit more human is a good Definitely. <laughs> I completely agree. What you've mentioned, obviously, that you've got children. So tell me about your children. How old are they? And yeah, look, hear a little bit about your parenting journey. (laughs) So I have the one type. And he's not a baby, I'm afraid. Now he's 12. So he's at at high school, which is phenomenal. I can't get my head around the fact he's in year eight at high school. It's really scary. That's the thing. I know all parents go, it goes so quick. But actually, it really does. If I look back now... When he was a toddler and stuff, and I'm like, that was ten years ago, and that's just scary, crazy. But I'm really, I am really lucky because he is a. Don't get me wrong, he's not a perfect boy. I'm not sitting here saying that, but he's a really good lad. 
he's very kind and generous and he's a very loving boy so I feel very lucky with it just being us two here parenting is not easy it's not a straightforward journey and the cliche if you don't get some manual when the baby's born and you just follow that it's all true you do absolutely learn as you go along and as life hasn't who says life goes the way you imagine it to I don't know but obviously for me the last few years life hasn't gone necessarily the way that I would have thought so a few years back and so it's just constantly adapting as a parent to the sort of situation you find yourself in and making sure for me my absolute priority in everything is making sure that he's okay and making sure that he's safe looked after and that he has a really good time here and a really positive time when he's with his dad and so it's constant juggling and battling as a parent and that's not no different if you are a single parent or in a relationship with the other parent or, or relationship with someone else. It's just, it's a constant juggling act. Yeah, I'm, I am incredibly lucky and I don't take it for granted with the lad that I've got. And, but I also recognise that I've made, as we all do as parents, you make sacrifices along the way, whether that is with regards to your career or where you live or anything like that. And I feel that I've, I've been very lucky to find a career that not only works around my son, my family life, but actually is one that I really value and is one that I really enjoy because that means I believe that makes me a better parent to him as because I'm not coming home from work after commuting for however many minutes she used to, I used to spend sat in a car, stressed, tired, overwhelmed. At least I'm here at the end of the day when he gets home from school and I'm here in the morning when he goes off to school and yes, obviously there are the odd times I'm not, I might be in a meeting on site somewhere or or something like that, but majority of the time I'm here and I value that and I know that he does as well because we always chat about his day when he gets in. Yeah, it it works well for us. (laughs) I think, no, I think it's amazing that you've done it yourself and you're as you say a single parent it's and and like you say it's not taking away from people I'm very lucky I'm I'm with my husband he's the the father of my little boy so I'm very privileged but it's it's everyone has got their own struggles and whether whether you're in a relationship you're married or you're co-parenting or you're single parenting and yeah yes everyone has got their own individual challenges and I think we are very blessed to be able to say that I can go to I, my my son's obviously just at pre, preschool kindergarten and anytime he needs me or I don't need to worry about phoning him work I can literally Absolutely. just say I'm going I'm there <laughs> whereas my husband who is a butcher he's got a really understanding employer and a boss and they're they're fantastic but obviously they are employed so he does have that kind of thing yep. of he's letting yeah, everyone he else down if he has to go and yeah he always has that in his head that he's letting his work colleagues down and I don't have to worry about it because it's my business and it's our business it's Absolutely. but it does I suppose in a way I do get a bit annoyed watching things that I personally I have really bad imposter syndrome with like seeing other people's yep. stories on social media and things like that and I get sucked into it really badly and I'm like oh my god they've only been doing it for a month and they've already made like a million pounds or what am I doing but I keep telling myself that actually I'm earning enough as an income to make my life better yes it's not what on social media I'm not earning five figure months or six figure months like a a lot of people seem to think that's what we should be doing I don't know that's the way they market it especially a lot of these like 
VA coaches and stuff like that. Oh, you could be earning £20,000 a month. It's, that's great for some people. And if that's what they want to achieve, then that's amazing for them. But it shouldn't be classified as the norm. If you're happy only earning £1,000 a month or £4,000 a month or £5,000 a month, then that's great as long as you're putting food on the table and you've got that free time. I got into it so that I could have the free time with my son and be able to do both and not have to worry about one or the other. I don't have to compromise over my job or my child. My child comes first now and my clients know it. I've told my clients when I sign new clients, I say to them, I'm a parent and my child comes first. A lot of them will say to me, it's not a problem, get him on a Zoom call and my kid will come on a Zoom call with me. And I think that I work with clients if they're not happy for that. It's That's how I run my business. If they're not happy for me to suddenly jump off a call because my kid's just fell over or he needs me. Because yep. when he was, oh God, I remember when he was potty training. That was fun. Yeah, he was potty, yeah. He was potty training and he'd come in and I'd be like on a Zoom call and he'd be sitting there for like 10 minutes and he was completely quiet. And then all of a sudden, I may need a poo. <laughs> I really know what to do now. What do I do? <laughs> so I had to just say to my clients, I'm really sorry. I need to just take my little boy to the toilet. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you'll be, I bet you were amazed with how many people were like, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Do what you do, what you need to know. Yeah. If, even if you're not a parent yourself, chances are you are good friends or you've got family that are parents. So you've at least got some understanding of what it actually means to face the fact that, you're ch- that there's a child that needs to go to the potty. And you might get a meeting, but that's how it works. Yeah. And that's why, you know, the majority of people that have started working from home, especially those that work for their own businesses for whatever reason, that's why we do it. We work from home so that we can be, it may not necessarily be with children, but it might be because they've got an elderly relative, for example, that needs looking after. And I think... In a way, one of the more sort of positive things that came out of COVID, I mean, obviously there's a lot of negatives around COVID, but I think one of the positives of COVID was that it did give people that freedom to be able to work from home. And I know a lot of people have actually, I think most businesses now are back to normal. And yeah, I think they've said that you've got to start either hybrid working or they've moved fully back to office-based yeah. business now. and. I think quite a few people are very obsessed about it because it's actually we were doing our jobs just as well from home. And I think absolutely, I could be wrong, I'm not looking at anything in particular now, but I'm fairly certain I read somewhere that people were showing that they were actually more productive working from home because they weren't, that, like you said, you mentioned commuting from when you were previously working yeah. and Especially like these people down in London, for example, where you're jumping on a tube and you're squashed in like a sardine can. No, that's yeah. It's not good for anyone. It's not good for mental health. It's not a, no. It's stressful. You get in there. I, I used to commute and I've done train commuting. I've done car commuting, and it's crap. It, yeah, it is. It's rubbish. I hate. You it. get there. You feel tired. You're stressed. You feel if you've had a bit of a crappy journey and on the train and sat next yep. to someone that I've sat next to bikers that have come on with their push bikes and they've been yep. cycling for about three hours and you can smell them and it's oh god as you're trapped on this like yeah. train and it's oh and you get to work and you feel like I just want to go home and have a bath or 
I'm sweaty. I've walked for 45 minutes to get here. I do not want to sit down and do work. Absolutely. No, I totally get that. Whereas if you're working from home, yes, okay, that we can get up and we can have a little coffee when we want to, but it's more productive in a way. It, rather than me thinking, oh, gosh, I really need the loo, but I can't get up now because my break's not for another 40 minutes. We're adults. We should be able to get up. And- I know go and do what we want to do for five minutes just to have that little bit of a mental kind of breather. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, and I I appreciate that there are those jobs we all know of that you can't possibly work from home at. So if a dog in a hospital or or, or a supermarket or whatever like that. But I think for those of us that are sort of admin office, being able to work from home, I would say for... A lot of people, and I appreciate there's people out there that were desperate to get back into the office because they miss the sort of community, they miss the the banter, they miss the chatting over the water cooler about what was on TV the night before. But there are people like myself who are, I believe that I'm very productive working. Um, I'm, I get much more done in a day now than I probably did in previous jobs. And that wasn't because I wasn't working hard. That was because of the general distractions of like when you work in a school, for instance, in a school office, you might have kids coming up to knock on the office door. You might have deliveries of items. You might have staff meetings, etc. All stuff that needs to happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, but when it's just you at home on your own and you can just go, that is it. That is all I'm doing today. I'm focusing on X, Y and Z. And yeah, you may get the odd interruption. There may be the emergency situation from a client or something. Yes. And it's reflecting you when you're saying about not getting up for 40 minutes for your break, even though you're desperate for a wee. You're right. We're adults. And if we can't, if you're in a situation at work, getting on my high horse now, but if you're in a situation at work where you can't go to the toilet when you need a wee, I just think, and I've been there, I've been in those environments before where, yes, it's completely structured to your break and you can't do, you can't get up to get some water, you can't stretch your legs, you can't go for a wee, you can't do anything because of the nature of the job. And to go from an environment like that to an environment where you're working at home, you are your own boss, you know what you need to do when you're getting it done is is a really, I I find it really liberating actually. And And for those that work from home who work as part of a bigger company yes they might not be their own boss but they are still ultimately then in charge of the work that they deliver and put out there yeah it's fascinating you're right covid has had so many effects on all of our lives but i would say for me i agree in terms of the home working aspect of it the kind of making it more normal more acceptable for people and the beauty of things like this face-to-face meeting, we're in different parts of the country. We're sat here chatting on our screens. A few years back, that was quite rare. Yeah, and it, we didn't do it with Skype, but it was rare. Yeah, you'd have to do um, it on. Whereas now, absolutely. like you say, we're sitting here. It would be the norm now, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. We're sitting here, we're looking at each other, we can see each other. And it's not just two of us. You can have like teams, for example. So you absolutely. can have 30 or 40 or 50 people plus on a, on a call when you can all sit there and I don't really see the need for, as you say, obviously there are certain jobs. I think it would be a bit weird if a doctor suddenly went, I'm going to do an operation by Zoom today. Yeah. That's not going to yeah, happen. That, like you say, the admins, I think, should be given the option to be able to work from home. And I think businesses would actually see a massive improvement in the mental health and the sickness and things like that coming down yeah. if people 
were allowed to have that kind of flexibility to work from home and not just flexibility to work from home, but just generally more flexibility, to be honest. Yeah. Going back to obviously, I was going to lead into asking you about how you're managing. Obviously, I know your little boy is, well, I'm sorry, little boy, your, your son is 12, but how you're managing your time with having your son. But when you're at work in an office environment, for example, your mental health kind of toll with parents, especially, because they do constantly worry about the phone ringing and, oh my God, it's the nursery calling again, or, oh my God, it's the school calling again. And my son, um, as I say, he's four in April, but he has been sick started preschool in September. So out of the nine or 10 weeks that they've been in total, he's been off for about five of them. Now, if I was working in an office environment, they may have been really understanding about that to start with, but the second week, probably not. The third week, definitely not. And then yeah, it's, that is going to impact on me, which in then turn it's going to I'm yeah. going to be consistently worried about what I'm going to do for money, what am I going to do for my job to going to fire me because I can't be off sick again. So then, what are my options? My options are I go to work, or my husband stays yeah. home, and then he ends up having his own option. Uh, yes, exactly. And if we both decide not to work. And or we both decide to go back to work, the only other option we've got then is to pay for someone to come in and look after our royals. Yep. And as we're fully aware as parents, it's extortionate that helpful no, it is. childcare isn't really available. I like I say, my little boy's only just started preschool and we've just been given the thirty hours free. But okay. for a lot of parents, they don't get that. They'll only get fifteen hours. Yep. It's- or if they're lucky. Exactly, you know, and then you get 15 hours or they may get the 30 hours, but what are you supposed to do in the school holidays when the schools aren't open? So you have to get a child minder in. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's just not, it's not feasible for so many people. Like when I was, when my son was at nursery in a child minder, I was so lucky, oh my gosh, with our child minder. That's a different story. But the co- the monthly cost of that versus what I was earning myself meant that it really wasn't worth it financially for me to go to work but equally if I didn't work then there was no option for me not to work put it that way but I paid out over half of my salary for it's more than half I think it's about three quarters of my salary for my son to attend childminder and, and nursery and then and I've been like you're saying about you just waiting for the phone call from the nursery or the school or whatever I've been there I've done that and I it's really hard. Like the last proper job I have, I always say proper because there's still a mentality of working from home doesn't feel like work sometimes. The last job I had at a high school, literally the day I started, I got home from my first day there. It was my son's first day back in, I think he was going into year six or year five. And he tested positive for COVID that very night. And of, we were at a time where I think in terms of where we were up to with COVID that we still had to, if you were in close contact, you still had to isolate. Even if that hadn't been the case, I'm his mum, I wasn't going to leave him. And But it was literally my first day at this new job. So I had to then take my first full week of my new job off because my son, and it was so poorly that week, bless him. And I, it, the guilt that I felt of, actually, I've got a new job and I've just had to call in and say, I can't come in because my son's really poorly. 
it impacted how I was then feeling about my son being poorly because I was like, oh, come on, please get yeah. better. Please get better because I need to get back into work. And and I've been in situations in other jobs where I've been sat at my desk, had a phone call from the school. Your son's just split his head open. Oh, my God, what's he done in the playground? And like his dad used to, still does, but travels away a lot, travels abroad, even though it, I, when I was married, I was in a relationship, it very much fell to me to be the one to go and collect him, take him to appointments, do all the sort of mum duties. It was all, it was on me as opposed to others. And you're right, the guilt of saying, actually, I can't come in, my son's not well, is you might have really understanding boss, but by week three or week four, they are not going to be so understanding. And that's, I get that. I'm I'm not criticising them for that because ultimately they've got a business to run. And if they've got a member of staff who's not there, it's, it's difficult, but there is no easy way, I think, of being a parent in that sense. It's constant battle and constant juggle. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's it is constantly just trying to find that balance between your Yes. Like you said, the mum girl is insane. People that don't have it's real people it's real. do not have children, yeah. do not understand mum guilt. I, I consistently go to bed every single night thinking did I play with him enough today or did I feed him properly today? Did I do the stuff that I was supposed to do with him today? Did he have too much time on his iPad? Have I not done enough counting with him? Did I? And it was this constant stream of like thoughts in your head and stuff that kind of overwhelms you eventually. And I think it it is just, yeah, mum girl is just a a whole thing. (laughs) thing And it, and it doesn't get any easier as they get older. I know, people just change it, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, my little boy's it four, just, it's going to get yeah. easier, but no. No, it doesn't. You might not spend time thinking, did I count with them enough today when they're 12? But you, you suddenly think, actually, did I have a meaningful conversation with him today? Did I did I give him enough vegetables today? Did he? Yeah. Did I make sure he'd got his homework? So although it's different when they're from when they're three and a half to 12, it, there is still, it, it just changes. You, again, it's that adaptive to their situation and where they're at in life so it it, it doesn't go away thanks <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was hoping for some positive news on this one cause... <laughs> I know, sorry. yeah my little boy has just jacob he's just got to the the why stage at the moment so every time he the talks to me it, we're just going to pop out in the cup why are we we're yeah. going to go here why i'm like oh yeah oh, like this is cold. It's exhausting. Yeah. I remember that face. Yeah. It's exhausting, but also it's hilarious face. So right. Yes. But when you're, again, when you're going through it, it is mentally exhausting. When they're just constantly asking the questions. You're not alone, don't we? Yeah. yeah. He said something. <laughs> like, no. I, but me and my, me and his dad, we, I'm a really bad disciplinarian because I, I tried to tell him no. And then he'll turn around to me and say something really hysterically funny. And it's like, me and his dad had just, he said something to me the other night. What was it? We were. He was being a bit naughty and he was throwing something and I said, Jacob, stop doing that. You don't, we don't throw, we don't throw in the house. You can throw a ball, you can throw a pillow, yep. you can do this. But I tried to redirect him, but he was having none of it. Yep. And I said, Jacob, stop, you can't do that. And he said something to me and his dad. And me and his dad just looked at each other and went, like, how on earth are we supposed to not laugh at that? But we're sitting there thinking <laughs> we can't. If we laugh now, it's just going to completely like derail yeah. our, our disciplining of yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a never-ending cycle of trying to 
find this tightrope of not laughing at him because he is hysterical at three and he, but he is just ordering yeah, yeah. being a little bit on the naughty side as well. Yeah. You gotta love him. And they're testing the boundaries. Oh. They? Yeah, they're seeing what they, yeah, wait, yes. which is really important. Yeah. But again, really hard as a parent. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, he decided to, two weeks after we'd brought one of these, we brought a brand new treated ourselves, which was a stupid thing to do when he was about two. We treated ourselves okay. to a brand new 65 inch Sky TV, one of the glass. Sky TVs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We had that for about two weeks until he came in from the garden with a rock. Yeah. And uh, he didn't actually intend to throw it, but because he was going through his yes. throwing phase, the rock flew out of his hand straight into the middle of our brand new TV. So, yeah. Serves us right for trying to treat. Oh. <laughs> Silly parent. No. <laughs> No, not silly, just trying to be grown up and sensible and enjoy life. Yeah, TV, it's not much to ask. So how are you finding your kind of, like, how do you balance your schedule and things like that with, with say, in a day, like, with obviously, I know you, your son is obviously at secondary school now, so obviously I'm assuming it's the yeah. to three that he's at school or yeah. nine to half three, whatever that. I know all schools still with different ones, but. What's your kind of setup in terms of if you, do you work weekends and how do you balance your time with having a family life? Yeah, it's still, it's, I think it will always be an ongoing learning, the cliche of a learning journey. Cause, so I work predominantly when he's at school, obviously that's my key core hours. And then again, I'm lucky because he is older. So when he gets home from school, he will have a chat about the day, we'll go through his homework that he needs to do and then he'll go away and either do his homework or go and play with a friend online or he'll go and watch some TV or something. So we have quite a structured time and I will keep working usually a couple more hours and then when he is away at like weekends and stuff, I will probably work a few hours, at least a few hours on the Saturday and then the last year, so yeah, pretty much since I went full time in my business. The holiday, the school holidays are still a real sort of challenge because that's for me, that's where the guilt really kicks in because I want to be able to take that time off and spend it with him whilst he still wants to spend it with me. Because I recognize in a few years, he was me once to go on yeah, as, as you should be, isn't he? Uh, and, absolutely, yeah. as you should be. Because that, but I've, yeah, so in like for this year in the summer, he had a silly, really long school summer holiday. They're all long, but his high school seems to have a, stupidly long one so I managed to get us a week away because I figured that if I actually physically went away then I'd be more likely to not work and just check my emails or so I'd made some concrete time to actually go away and spend time with him and then half terms and other holidays is a real juggling act this summer I was perhaps my busiest I've been with work I found that personally really hard because I wanted to be with my son he wanted to be with me but actually I had all these sort of demands on my time and that's something I'm really conscious about going forward so it might be that for summer holiday next year so I look to perhaps put some things in place so that I can take a longer time off or, or I take maybe a break in the middle break at the end kind of situation uh, and be there but it is it it's I keep repeating myself but it's very much a juggling act so it might be like this next week, my son's got a random inset day. So I've blocked out my calendar for the afternoon so that we can do something together in the afternoon. And then I'll probably just work in the evening to 
like make up for it, so to speak. It's not like I can just walk away and just pretend that I haven't got work to do because that's not the case. So yeah, I'm lucky that my son is at an age where he can be independent and he is naturally really independent. Uh, but it's it, ultimately, I'm still his mum. He's still young and he still needs me and he still needs his dad very much. And it's it's all, it's just that juggling around it with work. So yeah. yeah. No, I think it's his own that about him going off on his own and, and as he should be. It was that little little sentence that you, I just reminded me of, I think it was like a, a Instagram reel or something that I'd watched a TikTok video. Okay. It said something along the lines of, you've done your job well as a parent, but basically our yeah. job as a parent is to raise our children to not need us anymore. And it just, I literally, yeah. like the first time I read it, I was like, I had to read it again. And then I read it again and I was like, oh my God, that's yeah. horrific. That's absolutely awful, but it's so true. It's everything we're doing as parents is to teach our children to not need us anymore. And once they've reached that age where they don't need us anymore, we've that's the time where we can go, I did my job, I did it, but they're now... Yeah. Obviously, they're never, you know, they're never going to go away and go completely. I and mean, obviously, as parents, we're always going yeah. to be there. But even from when they're babies, you're teaching them to feed themselves on their own. You're teach to get yeah. changed on their own. You're teaching them to put their shoes on, go to school. And it's all these different milestones in their life. And eventually, when they get to, like, your son's age, it's when he gets maybe... 16 he'll go on his first holiday on his own or yeah 17 drive a car on your own and eventually they're going to stop coming to us and they're going to start being able to yeah. be self-sufficient and I think that's another thing with us and and certainly another reason why I set my business up was for yeah. me to be able to have something that is mine that I can yeah I said to someone once that that asked me on an, on another podcast and they said why did you set your business up and I said I'm actually a bit backwards in a way I said a lot of people go to work and then they'll come home and relax I said because I work yeah. from home my business is my relaxing time if that makes sense so yes I was like my life is my son that's my kind of job yeah. the way that I see it my job is my parenting and, and looking yeah and that's what I do on a day-to-day basis is being a parent. And my business and my job is my way of my release. It's my, just mine. It's just my thing as a parent. No one else yep. can come into. It's just my little space where I do it and I, I enjoy it and I enjoy what I do. And I think that's yep. the same for a lot of parents that have, for whatever reason, they've set their business up. It's obviously for the financial aspect but it is also for us as well so that we something yeah. for us and I think totally yeah definitely <laughs> totally agree yeah so where where can people find you then Elspeth wherever you're where are you hanging out on social media do you want to give your details out and um and let people know where they can contact you and um that'd be amazing absolutely my website is www.ehvas.co.uk so ehvas is eh virtual administration support that's my business name and then i am on linkedin i am on instagram i am on facebook as well so if you search for eh virtual administration support i would pop up and i love doing stuff on socials i love connecting with people if anyone's watching listening um that would like to connect i would be honored to 
but yeah that's me that's where i you can find me perfect and i will put elspeth's contact details and, and whatnot in the show notes as well so obviously we'll put that all of your details in there so yeah that's amazing so thank you so much elspeth for coming on it's been lovely to talk to you and i really appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you so much lucy for having me it's been great it's lovely to chat it's nice to talk about things that people, when people understand where you can yeah, repair out as a business owner. Just don't chant to me. Got to come on and have a rant, really, for no reason. It's just <laughs> absolutely funny okay. sometimes. And I think sometimes it's like I listen to them, I think, yeah, you're just ranting now, aren't you, for no reason? But I think yeah. that's what they're <laughs> just having a voice off. Yeah. It's nice to be able to talk to people as well, working from home as well. Yeah. Can get. I think that's yeah. one of the it's really important lonely sometimes that is one of the sort of downsides of working from home so I think yeah going back to the technology and whatnot I think the advancements in in tech and video yeah. calling and and camera calling and things like that is amazing because it does make you feel a little bit more connected to people which is amazing absolutely so yeah so lovely that is the end of uh today's episode lovely to speak with Elspeth today and thank you so much to her for coming on and we will see you again next week. <laughs>